Super Bowl Friday. We are days away from the final football game of this football season. I'm Colby Daniels. He's Aaron Davis. Aaron, what is happening, my friend? Not much. Uh, just gearing up for Super Bowl weekend, which I'll be honest, uh, had a little bit of stuff going on in the past like 10 days. I guess a lot of stuff going on in the past 10 days. So like last thing I know, it's, you know, championship Sunday and the Super Bowl is two weeks away and now it's two days away and I feel like I just blinked and it was here. Same, same. I've, uh, I've, I've been juggling a lot as well. Um, last two weeks have flown by. So yeah, I, you know, even on the radio show, I feel like this week, the week has flown by to the point that like in terms of just breaking down the game, I don't even feel like we've spent a ton of time doing that at all. So, well, I mean, even, even just from a sports perspective, there's so much stuff that's happened this week. Yeah. Like across all sports, whether it's the MLB, like implementing universal DA to trying to get out of this lockout, whether it's, you know, the NBA trade deadline, which was absolutely insane. And then though it's Super Bowl week. So like you've got the NFL awards, you've got all media leading up to the Super Bowl. Like it's, this has been one of the most hectic weeks in sports. Crazy. Yeah. In a while. Are you watching any Olympics to add to that equation? I am not. Okay. I, uh, look, the Olympics <laughs> are fun and all. It's just hard for me to get into the winter Olympics. It's just because so many, like, the Summer Olympics has a lot of events that are really boring to watch on TV, but, like, there's a good amount of ones that are fun. Sure. The Winter sure. Olympics, it's, like, one out of every ten events is fun to watch. Like, I like watching the hockey, but, like, the, the men's hockey just kicked off a couple days ago, right? So, like, yeah. you know, we're not full go on that. Snowboarding's fun. You know, Sean White going out on top. Well, not on top, but, you know, as the goat of snowboarding um, was it's cool, but, you know, not watching a lot of it. I like all the skiing stuff. I mean, flying down a mountain to me is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the snowboard cross is one of my favorites as well, where you have like the four guys racing down the snow, the snowboard track mm -hmm. at the same time. And there's wipeouts and that's really awesome. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, nothing else really moves the needle for me. Right. I'm not one of those people that pretends to get enjoyment out of watching curling. Right. Like, come on, I've watched curling. It's not fun. And if you think it's fun, you're lying to yourself. Like the first year I, I discovered it, it was one of those like it's so unique that there was like somewhat of a fascination. Like this is an Olympic sport. That's crazy. Right. But I mean, you know, it, that, that quickly went away. Um, what else? I mean, I, I, I can't stand figure skating, man. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat yeah. it like that. That does nothing for me. And that pretty much dominates NBC's coverage almost every single night, which is a pain in the ass. Uh, what else? The cross country skiing is is insanely like boring. You talking about the biathlon? Whatever, I don't know what it's called. Or I guess they might, they probably do have cross country skiing too. Like the biathlons ones, the biathlon is the one where they cross country ski and they get to the little targets and oh, you watch yeah. them shoot targets yeah. for like ten minutes. That's also insanely but, boring to watch. Yeah, it's just a tight shot on them yeah. holding the gun. You don't actually ever see them hit anything or like anything like that. Yeah, I can watch a little bit of like bobsled or like luge or skeleton, like a little bit. Right. But I get, I mean, it didn't take much that I'm like, okay, what else is on? I think the tough thing about like the Winter Olympics outside of like, you know, big ski jumps, like the big jump or like snowboarding or stuff like that is it's a lot of like, it's hard to different, different, differentiate like skill level and like what's going on. Like bobsledding, for example, yeah. to me, it looks exactly the same every run by every team yeah. outside of like the difference of maybe they do it in like two seconds faster, or, like a half a second faster, but I don't know why they do it faster. Like I don't. I don't understand. I guess, I guess that's a big problem. I really don't understand a lot of the sports. But at least that's a race against time. So you understand why somebody beats the other why person. It's because they cross the right. finish line faster. The stuff that is 
scoring is like, like eh, figure skating yeah yeah figure it's skating subjective. or even yeah. like half pipe is cool but again as far as the competition part of it i mean yeah i don't really get too much into that a lot of the ski jump and snowboard jump you know the big air events as well like it's like they they jump and do the tricks and stuff and it's just like okay like what made that one better than the other one yeah i'm I, right that's why like again like the the skiing i love it because it's it's a it's a race. Like there's going to be somebody that finishes ahead of the other person, and it's not going to be disputable as to who won. Yeah, it's tough too when the uh, Winter X Games are going on at the same time, and I'm like, uh, that's kind of more exciting than the Olympics from a television perspective. Yeah, not that I'm watching the X Games, but yeah, but yeah, no, I I get it, man. I guess they're. Uh, I saw the numbers from Tuesday night, and they compared them to the same point in the last Winter Olympics, and viewing was down 59. percent Wow. That's a stunning number. Twenty. Yeah, I mean, they're just—it's just paired up. It like there's just so much going on right now yeah. in sports, yeah. in popular sports. Also, they, I feel like some of the events are very archaic. Like they could probably be updated in some way. And then I, I've been wanting to talk about this all week, um, and we'll get to the Super Bowl in just a moment. I promise everybody. But so I'm watching the luge the other day, and they do the doubles luge, right? Have you seen the the two man luge? I have not watched it, but you know what familiar. it is, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I watched this for like maybe two or three minutes, and it, I'm just like, what does the guy on the bottom do, really? Like in the grand scale, like what makes this different from just single man luge? Because the guy on the bottom really doesn't do anything. Like, who was the guy that was doing the single luge and said, you know, this is great, but it'd be a lot more fun if I like had a body underneath me instead of a sled, and then I did the exact same thing, but I'm laying on top of another person. Like, what? I, yeah, I don't mean, it's... The, I mean, that's the deal with, like, a lot of the sports in the Winter Olympics is they were concocted... A lot of them were concocted out of, like, necessity to survive. Yeah. Like, 200, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. So, they don't really, like, as a competition, make a lot of sense. Like, yeah. it's just people in, like, Sweden and Russia, like, this is what we do to survive. Yeah. And, you know, like, let's make a sport out of it. It's not fun. <laughs> but, like, laying on top of another person to sled down the hill instead of doing it, like, by yourself? Hey, I don't, hey, I don't get it. If you if you and your boys are out on <laughs> the side of a mountain stranded and you need to get down that mountain, when you, you're, you're, you're pulling straws. Two at a time. Short, short straw gets to be the sled. Yeah. Long straw gets to ride. Yeah. Like, imagine if Rafael Nadal showed up to a tennis competition. He was like, look, I know I could win this by myself, but what if I strapped one of my buddies to my back? <laughs> And then try to win this tennis tournament that way. That would be way more fun than doing it by myself. Hey, that's there. There's some basketball players that probably think they do that. Yeah, literally every there, night. There are some basketball players that uh, yeah. do that to some degree. But yeah, it's just like, what are we doing? I don't understand this. But yeah. So the Super Bowl, man, are you excited for this one? I, I kind of feel like in the lead up up to this thing, like there's um. I just kind of I've wondered if because it's the Rams and the Bengals that maybe the brands of the two teams have somewhat maybe um, what's the right word just kind of su subdued the excitement factor. Nationally. Yeah, there's I, I feel like there's been less media coverage compared to past Super Bowls. Yeah. Basically, Tom Brady not being in the Super Bowl has right. dwindled the amount of coverage nationally that we're getting like the trade deadline by far outshadowed the Super Bowl this week in the NBA. So, yeah, I do feel like there's been less attention on it. But for me, like, this is a dream Super Bowl matchup for me, personally. No Patriots. 
No, no Colts, no Cowboys, no Chiefs. Joe Burrow, who I don't, I don't know how you don't love Joe Burrow. Like, I, if there's anybody out there other than like a Browns fan yeah. that doesn't love Joe Burrow, like I want to meet them because they're out of their minds. Matt Stafford's a great story. Like, again, same thing with Joe Burrow. Like, I don't know how you don't like Matt Stafford. So, like, the quarterback matchup is great. Like, there's nobody I'm rooting against. It's been a while since there's been a Super Bowl where I was rooting against, wasn't rooting against one of the teams. Agreed. And Agreed. I just, like, hopefully it's a good game. And, you know, I'm excited. It's it, two dynamic offenses. Like, I'd probably lean Rams just because they've got those playmakers on defense. I mean, although yeah. Cincinnati didn't, I mean, Cincinnati did have a trend of making big plays defensively in the playoffs. I mean, they were down, what, tw- were they down 21 or 24 to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game? I think it was 21 to 3. 21 to three. Yeah. And then like the second half, their defense was just made plays and yeah. won them that game, allowed that offense to get back and, and take them to the Super Bowl. But like Aaron Donald being on the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, like I, and I, especially I think Aaron Donald is a key factor, which is not saying much. I mean, he's the best player in football, arguably, but I'd lean a little bit towards the Rams, but I mean, I'm excited. Like this is probably the most excited I've been just for a matchup in a Super Bowl in a while. I mean, I was pretty excited last year. Like Mahomes yeah. Brady is kind of top of the mountain matchups, but outside of that, like I'm very excited because it's just two. It's two teams that don't ever make it, and especially like Matt Stafford trying to like. Let me ask you this: If Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, I was actually. I had this conversation with Brandon Whedon yesterday. Actually, Matt Stafford's the, the thing that's held against him, right, is winning. Like that's the only thing that's held against him. And that was the narrative coming into this postseason is, yeah, Matt Stafford's had a great year, but can he win when, you know, the stakes are high? Because statistically, like, the dude's been, a, I mean, in the leader statistically for a decade, right? Like, yeah. when it's all and, said and done, his career totals are going to be Hall of Fame worthy, and a Super Bowl win, like, punctuates that. So, yeah, I would say Matt Stafford and the Rams get win on Sunday. Matt Stafford will be a Hall of Famer. Now, I will say, perhaps more impressive than him winning a Super Bowl on Sunday, he did get the Lions to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comparatively, yeah, you know, that might be a <laughs> tougher task than winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, it it it's just it's two rosters full of guys that are it really hard not to like. And look, I mean, I'm sure Joe Mixon has some uh people that are not fans of him. Odell definitely has some people that aren't fans of him, but I mean, there's it, they're just really two hard two teams that are hard to hate. Yeah. No, you I just got to hope that uh got to hope Rams fans are willing to travel to LA to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I, one of the prop bet questions is uh, how many times will home field advantage be mentioned in the Super Bowl? And uh, I, I don't know what, uh, what that number ends up being, but the joke is it's, you know, it's not a home field advantage in LA. Uh, so yeah. It, it, is it crazy to you that we went, uh, what is this? This is Super Bowl 56 or 57. 56, this is I think 56. Crazy to you that we went 54 years without a home team hosting a Super Bowl, and now we've had it two years in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah, I, but I don't, like, I, like, I don't really, that's one of those things that I literally spend zero time thinking about, I guess. I, I mean, I guess I've spent 15 seconds <laughs> thinking about it, just to the extent of, wow, is that crazy or is that not crazy? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it just kind of has to line, you know, like it has to line up with your team being good the year that you, your city might yeah. even get the opportunity to host because some cities, you know, won't even get that chance. So that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that don't even like Green Bay will never host a Super Bowl. Right. Exactly. New England will never host. Yeah, that's, right. that's a good so, point. But, but, but yeah, I mean, 
two in a row is I mean the, the fact that it's happened back to back years is is uh just kind of an interesting bullet point, I guess, attached to this game. But I, I think in terms of the game itself, like what we watched a year ago was great defense with great pass rushers completely dominate the game, right? And a an, mm-hmm. a Kansas City team that given, you know, the reason their offensive line sucked was because of a bunch of injuries, but they had a crappy offensive line against a great pass rush, and that was the difference in the game. Tampa's defense dominated that offensive line, and Patrick Mahomes was sacked over and over and over in that game. And I think looking at this matchup, that's the main narrative in terms of trying to figure out, I think for a lot of people, where they want to make their decision. Rams pass rush, Von Miller, Aaron Donald against a crappy, you know, bottom 10 probably offensive line in the league. That's the difference, and I think that's absolutely true. At the same time, I I really wonder, or not that I wonder, but I think for me, the X factor in this game is Joe Mixon. It's the Bengals being able to establish the run game with Joe Mixon and preventing the Rams from just all-out assault, pass rushing Joe Burrow, and then the screen game, right? Joe Joe Mixon, I'm about to say Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon's a great pass catcher. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, just to add to that, I mean, Samaj P. Run had a yeah. what, 40 yard touchdown yeah. catch uh, against the Chiefs. But yeah, Joe Mixon is a fantastic pass catcher. I, to me, in my time in Norman, like covering OU or even just watching OU closely since I moved up here, I, I think Joe Mixon, outside of the quarterback position, is probably the best player that played in Norman over the past seven years, eight it's years. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super stoked that like he's gotten healthy. He's finally had a year where he could stay healthy and like kind of show what he's capable of. And I mean, yeah, it's just a absolute dynamic uh, X factor for that offense. I mean, you have to imagine that Jalen Ramsey's probably going to shadow Jamar chase for most of the game. Can we get a picture in picture, like box in the corner of the screen that just has a camera completely dedicated to Jalen Ramsey and Jamar chase? I mean, sign me up. Like I'll pay an extra two bucks to watch that. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I don't know who gets who gets the advantage of that matchup. I'm probably going with Jalen Ramsey. Just I don't know though. I mean that's a great matchup. I like yeah. I really don't I don't know who it favors. I mean it, it sets up pretty well for guys like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd to have pretty good games. For sure. And Joe Mixon. For sure. But yeah, I mean there's matchups across the board that are super exciting. Like or maybe not matchups, but like just individual guys that like I I just like who's going to be the guy that has that breakout game. Yeah. Well, we, just we mentioned options. yesterday, if Jalen Ramsey shadows Jamar Chase, no matter where he lines up, like you have to wonder how much the Bengals are going to line him up in the slot so you can get Jalen Ramsey in the middle of the field where he might get caught up in some traffic. But what that also does is open big opportunities for your other talented receivers to play on the outside against yeah. corners that aren't nearly as good out there. So that'll I mean, be, that'd be really interesting to keep an eye on. We saw it pretty much all season. I mean, T. Higgins, when Cincinnati is like attacking him and like giving him the ball, like he is dynamic and can put up huge numbers. There's just a you know some games where he kind of just got left in the left in the dust because of guys like Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, and they just have so many weapons yeah. that like you know you're not gonna have big games every game. But T. Higgins, I mean, had games where he put up massive numbers. I think it was the Kansas City game in the regular season where he had like what like double digit catches, 180 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Well, it's like a Dallas situation when Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz are all all on the football field. There are games that one or two of those guys doesn't do much just just simply because it, you know, from a matchup standpoint, you're having so much success with one of the other ones. Right. Which in L.A. is kind of the opposite in that that aspect. I mean, you know who they're going to. Yeah. You know who their main target is every play. 
Um, I will say it has kind of, I won't say revitalized, but it has, Odell has definitely recouped some of his uh, image, I guess, by going to LA and, you know, being opposite of Cooper Cup, uh, you know, kind of makes me think that maybe uh, Daddy Odell maybe had a point about the Browns and about Baker Mayfield when, you know, he immediately goes to LA and is contributing to the offense. But it could be a coincidence. But regardless, like, well, it's it's a much better passing offense in general. I think number one. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, for as much as as uh, anybody around here wants to credit Baker Mayfield for anything, like, there's no argument about who the more skilled passer is between Mayfield and Stafford. There's no argument about the better offensive, you know, creative mind from McVeigh to anything that the Browns have had, uh, which has kind of been a rotating door. And then third, I think just in general, like Odell Beckham was the focal point. If you're, you know talking about the past game in Cleveland, Odo Beckham's a threat, but I mean, Cooper cup had an MVP caliber season this year. So, you know, job number one for a defense is Cooper cup, not Odell Beckham jr. And job number one all year has not been done. Yeah. They've all, yeah. Every team has exactly. failed to take care of job number one uh, against the Rams, but yeah. Oh yeah. And it's forgot about Von. I forgot Von Miller plays on the Rams now, which is just another, yeah. I mean, obviously I know he's not the Von Miller, of you know, seven years ago, but he's still, Still rush Another threat in the pass rush. Yeah. yeah. Still, yeah. It's going to be a good, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I think LA is going to be ready. McVay's been to the Super Bowl before. A lot of these Rams players were on that, especially like this star, well, I guess not a lot of them. There are a few players that were still there in 2019 when the, uh, when the Rams made the Super Bowl, but uh, they've got the experience and I think that probably plays a factor but again I mean Cincinnati has shown throughout the playoffs that that doesn't really matter they have no experience in the play nobody on that team has any experience in the playoffs outside of like you know maybe um God's name's the the edge rusher from the, that they got from New Orleans oh Trey Hendrickson sort of Trey Hendrickson outside yeah. of Trey Hendrickson they really don't I mean have anybody that had any playoff experience and I mean multiple come from behind games Evan McPherson kicking game went like it just I don't know I'm, I'm excited I just I really honestly just don't know who to favor. I, like I said, I'd probably lean L.A. a little bit, but it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow yeah. from everything he's shown on the football field over the past you know, three years. I think everything I know about football, to me, would say the Rams are the team to pick here, right? And yeah. at the same time, like you just kind of talked about, I've gone back and forth all week, and I've I've not really settled on one side or the other, which almost makes me wonder if – that means I need to pick the Bengals because like I just said, everything I know about football says the Rams should be the pick. And yet I'm still struggling to make the pick of the Rams over the Bengals. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's, I, I get you. I get where you're coming from. I mean, Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. Like he still, he has not won that big game. yet. He's not won the Super Bowl. He led the league in pick sixes this year. Like it's completely conceivable that Matt Stafford just folds in this game and, you know, throws a couple of picks, throws a pick six, whatever it is. Like we just, I, I don't, I, th I don't think you'd be crazy to say that you can't trust Matt Stafford right now. For but me, it's not I, even about not trusting Matt Stafford as much as like just feeling like Joe Burrow will find on, a way. Just, yeah, well, that's the, yeah, that's what I was about to say is that yeah. you know Joe Burrow's got unlike Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow's just got that thing where it's hard to bet against him right now. Yeah, it's gonna be an awesome game, man. And you know we're gonna have a uh, first-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. We talked about for a second there Matt Stafford and you know this potentially being his ticket to the Hall of Fame. And on the other side of it, like Joe Burrow. The legend that is Joe Burrow, I mean, he's a global superstar, I feel like, if Joe Burrow adds a Super Bowl ring to the run that he's been on over the last two years from transferring out of Ohio State to winning a Heisman 
to winning a national championship, number one overall pick, season-ending injury in his rookie year, and in year number two, he brings what was the worst team in the NFL two years ago to a Super Bowl in Cincinnati, who's never won one. Like, yeah, from he's from Ohio. Like that story is insanity. Like that's like a movie. And if he wins the Super Bowl, his his superstardom is is going to be insane. And like at the same time, one of the, my big talking points this week has been this idea. I think across the country that you know even if Joe Burrow doesn't get it done, it's no big deal because he's young. It's only a second year. The Spangles team is young. They're gonna have plenty of opportunities. And I, that that drives me crazy in sports when people take for granted having an opportunity to win a title, right? Like think about the thunder, right? They lose to the heat and the conversation was, Oh, no big deal. Like they're going to be back here. They never made it back. Like that team never made it back. And then it got dismantled. And yeah. for as much, especially in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. He's been back in 10 years. Drew Brees went to one Super Bowl. Like it's, there's no guarantee that Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to be back. And to that point, look at the AFC in general. Like, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you don't think are going anywhere. Josh Allen and the Bills probably aren't going anywhere. Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to be a factor as they continue to improve that roster. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson and where he lands, but I think any team he's on is, a, a, if it's in the AFC, is a playoff team, at least, just simply because he's an MVP caliber player. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP and a young guy that, with the right pieces around him, could be dangerous. I mean... The, the AFC looks like it's stacked for the foreseeable future. And I, just this, this idea that this is the first of many appearances in the Super Bowl for Joe Burrow to me is just mind-blowingly hilarious. And to add to that, like, I know this isn't like long-term, but if you're just talking the next year or two, Aaron Rodgers could easily end up in the AFC too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's a realistic thing that could happen over the next six months as Aaron Rodgers joins all those quarterbacks in the battle for the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be MVP. a dogfight every year for like the next 10 years. And look, for as, as young as Cincinnati is, like to think that they're going to be the favorite every year, I I don't know, man. That's that's a bit of a stretch in my mind. So, you know, I, what this reminds me of is Dan Marino, his second year in the league, threw for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns, and those were records for a while. And the Dolphins make the Super Bowl, and they lose to Joe Montana and the 49ers. That was Marino's second year in the league. And I think it was a similar deal where it's like, look at Marino. He was the MVP of the league in year number two. He like set all these passing records. He's amazing. They're going to be back. They never got back. Like they never made it back to the Super Bowl since Marino's second year. So yeah, again, I mean, I mean the, the Bengals have to treat this like they're never going to have another opportunity. Right. I mean, I think, I think looking at the Chiefs is a, perfect, is, is a great example. Mahomes gets to the Super Bowl in his second year, wins it, and has not like regressed really any from a talent perspective and the chiefs have remained dominant. Yeah. And, and I know they got back to a super bowl last year, but like, I mean, I, every year, I think every year going into the playoffs as Mahomes is stepping in as quarterback, everybody's kind of penciled in the chiefs is winning the AFC or winning the super bowl. And yeah. they've got one in four years of being the favorite every year. Right. Four straight AFC championship games. And four of those have resulted in two super bowl appearances and two of those have resulted in one ring. Like, this is not an easy thing. It's not just an easy thing to get into the playoffs and then have the right matchups and the right amount of, like, you know, luck and injury situation. And it's worked out for the Bengals this year. They've been on the right side of a lot of, of good things that kind of aid you to making a run like this. But there's no guarantees that that's going to happen again or Which is what regularly. Makes, 
which is what makes the NFL so great. Like yeah. not having a seven game series playing, it's one and done. And like, it makes it so much more difficult and creates so much more parity in the league because yeah. like if the chiefs and Bengals would have played seven times, the chiefs would have won four. Yeah, I believe that. Right. So, you know, although they were zero two against game, them this year, that's fair. They were zero and two against them this year, but there's regard. Okay, take any example. I'm, I'm with you though. I, I mean, if you made me pick which team would win a seven game series, I would still pick the Chiefs. Right. I mean, they blew a twenty one three lead in the AFC Championship Twice, game. Right? I can't imagine that they would have done that again. Yeah, they, they blew a big lead the first time too in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. But again, maybe Joe Burrow's just a you know absolute diamond in the rough. Although he's not really in the rough, he's a first overall pick. But maybe it's just an absolute gem that it just has that X factor that Brady had. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe Burrow's maybe. just carrying on that thing, whatever it is that Brady had for 20 years of just getting it done. I don't know. Like it's fun though. I love Joe Burrow and it's hard not to. And I, I'm a, I'm a Herbert guy. Like you made me pick between the two. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, yeah. but God, Joe Burrow's it's really hard not to like him. Yeah. We, I think we talked about this like a few weeks ago, but the age of the quarterbacks right now, like Mahomes, I think is 25 or 26. Josh Allen's like 25 or 26. I think Burrow's like 24, 25 ish. Herbert's like 23, 24. Lamar Jackson's like 23, 24. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, it super look, young I mean, star quarterbacks in the AFC. I'm sure there's a lot of people that complain about the way that like college football is played these days or in, at any level of football. And whether, regardless of how you feel on like the style of football and whether or not it's real quote unquote football, it's hard to argue that like the changes in football aren't producing like unbelievable quarterback talent every year. Yeah. Except for, you know, maybe this year yeah. in the draft. But like I mean, just think about it. Like, well, fifteen years ago, there maybe was seven or eight quarterbacks that were elite like elite level quarterbacks. And now like like I think the eighth best quarterback in two thousand and five probably would be the twentieth best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look, but uh, right, I don't, I don't have a list of names or anything, but like, just regardless, like across the league, the quarterback talent is just yeah. immensely better. Yeah, I I think we've just reached a point where like guys are able to to hit quicker than ever before. Yeah. So like, there's not nearly the same curve, I think, from the college game to the NFL game. So the you know catching up to that level, not that it's easy, but I think it's it's more doable now than it's ever been. Uh, which I think results in, you know, seeing all these young guys catching up to the speed of, you know, the best in the NFL at an earlier age. And therefore you have higher level of play for a longer period of time. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's across the board too, especially yeah. offensively. I mean, for sure. You used to receivers. I mean, you would never bet on a rookie receiver because it just, the transition period was always yeah. tough on receivers outside of like, what, like Randy Moss and Anquan Bolden. Like you never had rookie receivers that were, had big years for year one. And now every year, at least for the past, like three or four years, like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, Devontae Smith this year, Jalen Waddle, like a lot of dudes are just immediately at the receiver position, like hitting the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty incredible. And in terms of of this matchup, like, you know, Jamar Chase is a rookie, one of the central figures of this game, Joe Burrow, year number two. That Bengals team is young across the board. Um, T. Higgins year two. T. Higgins year two as well. Yeah. That team is really, really young. And that's why I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, they're going to be back. But, yeah, there's there's no guarantee, man. Like, it's sports is a, you know, you can look at the youth of a team and look at the structure and say, you know, they're about to go on this incredible run, and you just never know that 
like you're ever going to have all of the core pieces on the field at the same time in the critical moments or like how it all works. And you just, you, you can't let opportunities when the window is open pass you by. Cause it just, you know, that window might close the next year. Yeah. Got to capitalize while, while the iron's hot for sure. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, we saw, I mean, how many games are like in the playoffs where it's just the difference in one play. Yeah. Like the Bills arguably were one one Travis Kelsey catch away from you know going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, it's wild. Uh halftime show, you uh you geeked for this thing or no? Uh geeked? No, I'm not geeked. Um I am very much looking forward to uh the people on Facebook being very upset because I know I just have a feeling there's gonna be some political thing done. Our statement, political statement made, and a lot of people are going to be upset, and it's going to make Adam Levine taking his shirt off seem like not a big deal to yeah. a lot of people. But uh, as far as the entertainment, eh, I guess. I mean, it's better than like having, you know, the Rolling Stones go out there at 85 years old, or like, you know, whatever, having Ario Speedwagon or Rush play the halftime show. Not that there's anything wrong with those bands, but yeah, you know, it'll at least it'll be a little bit more. I do love that they have a like L.A. ties, like they. They right. do a good job of incorporating the L.A. you know hip hop scene into the halftime show and knowing the audience and all that stuff. But I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. I'm I, I already know. And I, this it used to really bother me. But now I kind of look forward to it, like getting on Twitter at halftime and watching the entire world collectively shit on the halftime show, because for some reason, people have this expectation of the halftime show that is completely unrealistic, like the Super Bowl halftime show is supposed to be the greatest performance you've ever seen in your life. And if there's one element of it that isn't like top notch perfection, then everybody wants to tear it down. So like, it doesn't matter who's playing, right? Like there's always almost universally this, this group of people that's bitching and moaning about the halftime show and why it sucks. And, uh, I I've, I've just gotten to the point where now it just amuses me. Right. I mean, that's social media though. So I mean, yeah, that's, that's social media in general, but yeah, I mean, it's been that way with the halftime show. I feel like forever. There's like nobody ever thinks the halftime show is good. Any halftime show, none of them have ever been good in the history of the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know how anybody could argue that the Shakira, Jennifer Lopez halftime show wasn't perfect. I, I don't know why anybody would dislike that one either. But eleven out of ten. Yeah, book, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, how do you, okay? Are you annoyed though that like I'm not I'm not I've never been like a commercial guy, but at least it's kind of fun to watch the commercials. I, it's so stupid to me though that they're like they show you the commercials like a week before the Super Bowl. And they're like, look at yeah. the Super Bowl commercials. Yeah, here's the Super Bowl commercial for Pepsi. Why are you yeah. like? At least like let me just let me enjoy it during the game. I I'm not a commercial guy. Like I I feel like the whole like the commercials at the Super Bowl are awesome thing really died a while ago. Like for sure, it really took a step back. Like I don't know, maybe ten years ago, maybe longer. I mean, there was a point in time where I felt like every year you could count on like double digit commercials to be yeah. quality, like funny, really good, like good enough that you're going to like talk to your friends about, Hey, did you see that commercial? That was really good. I, I feel like for at least a decade now, they've reached a point where I can't even remember any of the commercials by the next day. Like I've done radio shows on Super Bowl Monday and somebody's like, which commercials did you like? And I'm like, I can't even remember. None of them stood out to me to the point that I can even remember them. So I kind of feel like that's become a major overrated portion of the Super Bowl, but yeah, the fact that they show them beforehand, what the, what are you doing? What's the point? It's not a Super Bowl commercial then. Because there are still people out there, Aaron, as crazy it is, as it is, there are still people out there that say, you know, I only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Hey, my wife, I asked her if she's going to watch the Super Bowl 
And she's like, yeah, I mean, I'll watch the commercials. Oh, no, Aaron, no. <laughs> she's trying really hard to get me to be a Packers fan. Oh, um, no. But may, I'll try to get her to actually pay attention to the game. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, you're right. There are still those people out there that yeah. want to watch for the commercials. I watch for the commercials, yeah. Oh, that just, it pains me. I would I would be on board with that if the commercials were still good, but the, the commercials yeah. aren't even good. It just kind of feels like it's the it, you know if you're not like a football fan, that's the trendy thing to say. The the only commercial that I vividly remember from the Super Bowl over like the past ten years was a uh, a Miller High Life commercial where they like did a whole campaign leading up to the Super Bowl about how they were gonna have the shortest Super Bowl commercial ever, and the Super Bowl commercial was just it finally got there after like months of build up and different commercials like promoting the Super Bowl commercial. And the Super Bowl commercial was just some guy saying "Hi, life," and that was it. And I thought it was hilarious. And I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's just some guy like "Hi, life." <laughs> it was like two seconds long. It was awesome. Nice. But that's the only thing. I, it's the only one I remember. Nice. I remember way more from like when I was ten. Yeah. Than I do last year. I don't remember a single one from last year, but I could probably think of a bunch from 2002. Right. It was a different time, and they were awesome at that point. But yeah, they just. It's uh, it's taken a major decline. That's for sure. Yeah. Are you doing Are you doing any Super Bowl parties or anything like that? Or are you just staying at the house? No plans as of right now. I'm open to going to a party if anybody out there is having one. But uh, as of right now, I'm also I'm very okay just watching the game at home as well. Though yeah. like I'm, I have no problem just you know ordering a pizza and watching the game by right. myself. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on both of those things. Like I'm totally okay to go somewhere if somebody's having some sort of uh, celebration as long as it's not like party over super bowl like it's a party about right. the super bowl not like we're gonna have the super bowl on in the background so we can party like i want to watch the game so yeah uh but i'm totally okay with just uh like stuffing my face all day long watching four hours of pregame coverage and and uh just oh, being yeah. miserable by the end of the night because i've eaten so much food and and watched the last football game i mean it's the it's the worst day of the year every year in my book yeah like there's gonna be a three and a half four hour window where i'm happy but the rest of the day i'm gonna be miserable yeah, absolutely. Are you gonna? Are you still on the diet? Are you gonna cheat on the diet? No, I'm still uh still on the diet. Okay, it's uh that's what it is. <laughs> I'm uh I think we're doing uh buffalo chicken dip, ooh, queso, little Smokies and barbecue sauce, and then maybe some uh, sliders. I don't know. Okay. We haven't we haven't finalized the menu. It's wow, it sounds delicious. Still very much in the air. So I'll probably do some kale, uh, <laughs> some steamed broccoli, and uh, some French fries. Steamed broccoli. I'll I'll uh, I'll send my son over. He can he can he join loves you. broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. He uh, has he asked for broccoli since then? No. He dude. He won't. He like. He's the worst eater ever. He's such a picky eater, and he threw a big fit the other night because we made him eat broccoli, and he ended up eating it. But it was like, it took some like twisting of the arm to get that to happen. So the next day, uh, for those that are unaware. Lauren on her morning show, uh, they did like a, a an award for Carter eating broccoli, and there was a whole bit. I tweeted it if you want to at Colby underscore Daniels. But yeah, he got a uh, eating his broccoli award on TV. Did he? Was he yeah. watching? Yeah, yeah, he was watching. Did he get a kick out of it. He thought it was pretty cool, but like it was just like what you know, like he was like, oh, that's cool, and then just kind of like okay, and then just like went on about his business, you know. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's cool. They said my name on TV, but... Uh, yeah, like, it's not the first time that his name right. or his picture has been on TV, so he's like, yeah, I've seen that, and then, like... Not know, worth the broccoli. Yeah, part of it is also, like, you know, like, we, we have Lauren's show on every morning, 
he, for as long as he's been alive, he's watched his mom on television every morning. So yeah. it's not even like really to him, like that's not even like a thing, I guess. Like it's not like, right. oh, wow, I'm on television. Like he's like, yeah, mommy's on it every day. So it's just normal life. Yeah. It's just no- every- that's like the thing. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Everybody's mom's on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was funny, though. Um, well, dang, I the wish I was on greens, TV. Every- man. For real. Those gateway greens will get you. The devil's lettuce. Any, uh, any thoughts on? I I know we're still in football mode. Any thoughts on the trade deadline though? I th- yeah, I mean I think uh, two things. Number one, um, I I believe the Lakers w- wanted to move Russell Westbrook, but uh, who would take? Why who would take him? Them? So yeah. credit to the GMs around the NBA for saying no. We're not going to be the idiot that takes on a that horrible contract, but b takes on the dude that literally needs to have the highest highest usage rate in the NBA to to be a factor. For your team so right and there was like a whole bunch of conversation about the lakers and rockets swapping russell westbrook and john wall i'm like why would the rockets do that why, well first off why would the lakers want to bring in john wall like that's not necessarily that's not going to fix anything well no but it's better than russell westbrook it is better than russell westbrook but like they've got that. a lot of issues john wall is for sure not the issue but yeah why i mean why would any team especially a team that russell westbrook has already been on yeah trade for him i mean really honestly it's setting up for russell westbrook to and play like two years in oklahoma city and then retire yeah I also think, though, if you're a young team that's not any good, why would you want Russell to come in and take shots away, take yeah. all the shots away from the guys you're trying to develop? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, if you're Oklahoma City, that's the biggest argument for not bringing him back is because you've got Shea and you've got and I know Shea's missed some games lately, but you've yeah. got Shea and Josh Giddy. Why do you want Russell Westbrook coming in there and, you know, hindering their development, Absolutely. which has been exceptional so far? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. If I'm I mean, if Shea's I'm a better there's player. no way I'd want that. Right. Right now, today, on February 11, 2022, Shea Gillich-Alexander is a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, Russ would probably be putting up the same or better numbers if he were in Oklahoma City, but... Way less efficient, though. Way less efficient, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked by that. Like, So, yeah, I, I wasn't shocked by it either. I didn't think anybody would do it, but, yeah, I just, you know, we always see these dumb trades that we're like, what on earth were they thinking? And uh, I kind of like the fact that... Uh, this whole LA thing is going the way I thought it was going to go, and now they're kind of stuck with it because nobody would bite. I mean, it's been proven that LeBron James is not a good GM. Yeah, yeah. like he did it in Cleveland. He's done it in LA. He has put he puts together the absolute worst yeah. rosters to surround him with. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and then I, the hard thing obviously is, right. is uh, the the major talking point. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge win for Philly. I mean, Philly basically swaps. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond for James Harden. Yeah. Because, I mean, Vince Simmons wasn't playing. He's play never going to play for yeah. him again. Yeah. So, I mean, if James Harden's 90% or 85% of what he was, you know, three or four years ago, I mean, they're immediately one of the favorites in the East, if not the East favorites. But, again, he's been hurt dealing with hamstrings, so who knows where James Harden's at. He's sneakily – I mean, I know he's been in the league a long time, but, you know, when I re- see that he's 33, it, I still feel like that's way older than I thought he would be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But – uh. Home run for them, though. I mean, I, yeah. in terms of what they gave up versus what the upside is, if James Harden's able to stay healthy and stay on the court, I mean, it's night and day. And I yeah. think you have to roll the dice because you're not going to— I don't think that them being built the way they were was going to be enough to win it anyway. So, I, yeah, I think it's a home run for them. And then I think on the Brooklyn side of this, you know, this is— again, we talked about this with the Bengals and the window. Like, when when the Brooklyn Nets put that team together last year, I thought they're going to win a title. Like, that well, team will win a championship. And I think that if those guys would have been healthy in the postseason, they would have won a championship. But 
they weren't, and they got knocked out in seven games against the Bucks. And the next thing you know, Kyrie has all these issues off the floor uh, and plays every once in a while. And you know, hard. They've had a lot of injuries in Brooklyn anyway. But like now, the thing's blown up a year later, and you know they should have won a title together. But this is perfect evidence. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast last year during the playoffs that like the the Nets were a James Harden hamstring away from most likely winning the East. I mean, they got to seven games with Kevin Durant by himself. If James Harden would have been 100% yeah. or close to 100%, it's hard to think that they wouldn't have won that series. I, I hell, they I win mean, the title. Like, dude, right. I, I, to me, in my mind at least, if that group is healthy, just the main three, there's no question in my mind they win the, the title. The Nets were, I mean, thinking back, the Nets actually were a Kevin Durant toe away from yeah. winning that series against the Bucks. Yeah, a toe away without Kyrie and like a, a shell version of Harden who was just kind of out there to give what he had. But yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, I look, we're, we've, we've seen the, like the big threes work at its like peak efficiency with Miami. Like the three guys work together. They, the two of them sacrifice because they know that one guy is like the ultimate alpha and like they went, obviously they didn't win as many titles as anybody thought they would, but they still won. They went to multiple finals. Like that's the peak of what you can achieve by putting superstars together. Yeah. You look at Brooklyn, that's an example of how things can go wrong. You could put the wrong guys together and the personalities don't mesh. All it takes is one guy when you put three superstars together to not, you know, click with the other two to just completely demolish everything that you gave up. And yeah. you're going to give up a lot. I mean, you're going to give up, you know, the next 10 years, you know, to try and win a title in a three-year span. Yep. And, like, Brooklyn could still win a title. I mean, they have Kevin Durant, who's probably the best basketball player in the world. Kyrie's good when he's out there and, you know, maybe Ben Simmons fits in and finds, you know, his role. But yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they've done a lot in a, the past year. I think these, uh, these super teams for the players, at least I think are really exciting when they form them. And there's a lot of excitement about what it's going to look like. And it obviously gives you a really good chance to win a title, but the flip side of the super team thing, and we've seen it now in almost every instance the minute that it doesn't go your way or that you fail or things start to go in the wrong direction, it's a million times worse than any other situation because you're a super team and the criticism of basketball fans everywhere is tenfold because it's like you don't have an excuse as to why you didn't get it done, right? Like yeah. you have all the best players, you have all the talent. Like, so I think the wave of criticism hits these guys way harder when it doesn't work out than it would in any other circumstance. And you know, that last year that the, I mean, we can, the Celtics, you know, at the end of, of that, that run, yeah. uh, the heat, the final year that they didn't get it done. Uh, the, the Warriors, the last year they didn't get it done. The Nets, I mean, almost overnight, <laughs> like in almost every case, like Oklahoma is, city, we saw it in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Yeah. It's why. And then, you know, I think there's, and then there's so much blame going around and it becomes so toxic because the tidal wave of criticism that comes down on super teams when they fail and look deservedly so but the tidal wave yeah. of criticism that comes down on super teams i think like it becomes so toxic i think within those locker rooms that people just want to get out yeah i mean i think that in the nba i mean there's always going to be the allure to putting two or three like established like all nba guys together and trying to win a title yeah. but i i on the flip side over the past few years like we've really seen the antithesis of that with teams like Milwaukee winning a title, Phoenix dominating, Toronto winning a title, like some like there might be more of an emphasis on having one superstar and then building like 
just an elite team around him of guys that like are elite role players are like, maybe you have a second guy that's like borderline superstar, but I mean, it's kind of shifting. Like these, these super teams are kind of just not working out lately. LA is not working. LA, I mean, the Lakers, they've tried a ton of like multitude of concoctions since they won the title in the bubble. And They've all felt miserably. I don't know why in any world anybody in that building would think that bringing in Russell Westbrook would help their team. That was a joke. I mean, they were the it, only I, people look, that thought that was going to work, too. Right. Like, nobody thought that would work. And I'm not, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, every problem they have is because of Russell Westbrook. Like, it's a horribly constructed roster. Yeah. But it was, it was poorly constructed before they brought Russell Westbrook in. Right. And all he did was just emphasize the flaws that they already had. And now he's but, unhappy that uh, he's not playing at the end of games. Did you see the quote where he said, I have earned being in the closing lineup? Bro, Based no, you haven't. Like that's right. that's exactly why Russell Westbrook is struggling the way that he is, is because he thinks he's in a dab now. He's he's like delusional in terms of like what the issues are or correcting them. Like he thinks he's earned just being on the floor at the end of a game because he he's had what a bunch of regular season wanted, success right. or you know because like, he won an MVP six years ago. Yeah, like dude, you have to evolve, and your your failure to evolve as a basketball player is why you don't deserve to be on the floor at the end of games, yeah. especially on yeah. a team that has other players you're making it harder for those guys to succeed when you're on the floor in closing minutes because you've he, not evolved he's got to be one of the only players in the nba that can be three of 17 for the game and wonder why he's not playing in the last two minutes yeah um uh, real quick uh did you did you watch or see any clips of the all-star draft last night because i think it's stuff <laughs> like that why the nba is great i i missed it actually but well you should watch it it's, okay i mean Obviously, the the inside the NBA guys like that's something that the NBA has that no other sport has where they have it like it's the best sports show hands down on TV. Yeah. But uh, I mean, great stuff like Kevin Durant. The last two guys were Harden and Rudy Gobert, and LeBron has no centers. Kevin Durant has Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and like Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I need more size, I need more size, so. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go go bear and like like <laughs> LeBron is like dying laughing while he's doing this and like picking go bear over Harden. That's amazing, and then, right? And then LeBron ends up with Harden and LeBron's like, yeah, you know, Harden's hurt, right? Like, is he even gonna be able to play? And Barkley, you know, being Barkley, he's like, oh, he just got traded. He'll play. He's healthy. He ain't hurt. <laughs> he just got traded. And like Durant, like is doing the Durant's doing everything he can to just not laugh. I knew as that. soon as he got traded. I, to be honest, I didn't know that that was actually happening last night. I didn't either until I saw it on Twitter. So, um, but and when Harden got traded, one of my first thoughts, on top of all the like Nets and 76ers and, you know, the Harden forcing his way out for a second time thoughts, like one of the first thoughts was, I can't wait till the All Star draft because I, I would almost put money that Kevin Durant won't draft James Harden. So, <laughs> right. Literally. The last pick. Like, that's amazing. And, and no, and just complete shade, like no reason to pick Gobert over Harden in that situation based on the team he had drafted. It was, it was good stuff. Like, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's worth watching the clips. It's very funny. Nice. nice. You want to, uh, you want to weigh in on some, uh, prop bets before we get off here? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Um, so I just pulled like, uh, 15 of the prop bets this year. So I'll just get your thoughts on these. Okay. Uh, coin flip. You're going to go heads or tails? Tails never fails. All right. Over under for Mickey Guyton's national anthem, a minute, 35 seconds. Ooh, uh, over. 
we had a we had a, a sports betting guy on the show yesterday, and he literally spent five minutes breaking down why this is going to be the over. It was one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard. Uh, which he said over, by the way. So that seems so short for a national anthem at a Super Bowl. Yeah. Over under on the amount of times quote home field advantage will be said during the broadcast. The number is one point five. Uh, I think I'm going to go under. Under. Okay. What will be shown first during the broadcast, the Hollywood landmark sign or the uh, Walk of Fame? Hollywood sign. Over under on the jersey number of the player scoring the first touchdown, 23.5. It's under. It's under. Like all the receivers in this game wear low-digit jerseys. T. Higgins, like outside of like T. Tyler, Higgins Boyd, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzoma, all those guys are over. The Rams yeah, tight ends with... would be over, but yeah, Cooper Cup, Beckham, Odell, Jamar, Jamar, yeah. I'll take the under. Mixon would be on the over if it was a running back. Yeah, but yeah, That's, yeah, we'll go under. All right, the color of Snoop's shoes to begin halftime. Your options are blue, yellow, gold, black, white, gray, silver, orange, green, purple. Red or pink? Oh, hang on. Uh, well, I can tell you right now it's not going to be red. Okay. Snoop doesn't wear red for uh, reasons. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be blue. Okay. Blue shoes for Snoop. Will Snoop smoke on stage? Absolutely. Okay. First Anheuser-Busch brand commercial to run. Your options are Budweiser, Bud Light Next, Michelob Ultra, Cutwater Spirits, Bud Light Seltzer, or Michelob Ultra Seltzer? The hell is Bud Light next? I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be a seltzer. Okay. Bud Light or Mick? Bud Light. Okay. Bud Light Seltzer. Over under for commercials featuring a dog, the number is at 6.5. Under. Over under on the longest reception for Cooper Cup in the game. The number is 28.5 yards. Over. That seems that feels like the easiest over so far. Over under on Joe Mixon rushing attempts, 16.5. Under. Over under on Samaje Pirine rushing yards. You ready for this number? Mm-hmm. 2.5. <sighs> uh, I'm going to say... Under. All right. Over under on the Rams sack total, 3.5. The Rams sacking Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm going to say over. Okay. Which celebrity athlete will be shown first in the broadcast? Your options are LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Timberlake, or Kevin Hart. Which celebrity athlete will be shown first during the broadcast? You should repeat them again. LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Timberlake, Kevin Hart. Okay, well, Clayton Kershaw definitely is not going to be the first one shown. Uh, probably LeBron. Okay. You know, you know Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford are best friends, right? Yeah, but and I don't Dodger. think. That, yeah, I, I know, but I don't think that uh, NBC <laughs> is going to say, "Hey, we need to show Clayton Kershaw." All right. And finally, which former player will be shown first in an image or a highlight 
during the broadcast. Your options are Boomer Esiason, former Bengals quarterback, Kurt Warner, former Rams quarterback, Chris Collinsworth, former Bengals receiver, Icky Woods, former Bengals running back, and then two former uh, Rams running backs, Marshall Falk or Eric Dickerson. Hold on, what was the prop? Which former player will be shown first in either an image or a highlight video? Oh, okay. From their I was going to say, Chris days. Collinsworth's going to be showing first. He's calling the game. Yeah, from their playing days. Um, probably Chris Collinsworth. They'll probably talk about it while they're doing an intro to the game. Okay. I'll probably show it. Oh, I don't know. Or does it have to happen during the game, or can it happen yeah, during, during the game? During the game. Yeah. Probably Kurt Warner. We'll go Kurt Warner. Okay. And then if you wanted to uh, wrap it up with your pick, man. Um, everything's telling me to lean Rams and I, I like I said it early an hour ago like if I had to pick right now I'd pick the Rams yeah and everything like you said everything logically is telling you to lean Rams and you're still conflicted I, I'm gonna stick with the Rams I, I right. like I think that I just don't think Cincinnati has an answer for Cooper Cup I did I like I could see him having 200 yards in this game yeah and just completely dominating I think it'd be like I'd probably go Rams 34-31. Okay. Oh, so you think uh, we're going to see some scoring, you think? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, these offenses are too too dynamic to not score, you know, and two quarterbacks that, yeah. you know, are not afraid to throw picks and turn the ball over. Yeah. Well, let's hope you're right. I, I hope, A, that we just have a good game either way. I Like, I, I don't want this to be a, yeah, I don't. a blowout or anything like that. But, B, I hope it's not a, you know, I hope it's, like, entertaining. For sure. Like, I'm happy either way. I, like, if any either team wins, I'm going to be yeah. happy for them. And, like, I just want a good game. It's really all I want. Like you said, just sure. give me four quarters of good football. And based on the playoffs, the way they've gone the past since a while, like, divisional round on, I have every reason to believe that this game is going to be amazing. Well, we now have a universal DH in the sports world. So uh, maybe we'll also get a great Super Bowl in the process. Hopefully. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Uh, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Talk later. Podcast is over.